0: Welcome back to another episode of Kentucky Daily. I'm your co-host today, Derek Terry, joined, as usual, maybe not as always, as usual, by Sean Smith. Sean, how are you?
1: (laughs) I'm doing good, Derek. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. Uh, Sean, this is going to be our signing day episode. We decided to wait yesterday just to see kind of what happened with Keontae Goodwin, and we're recording this at 434. Goodwin's only been officially signed for a couple hours now. So this is what this episode will focus on. But, Sean, real quick, just some breaking news that happened a little bit earlier today. And it's still kind of um, the details aren't settled. But Kentucky's game on Saturday in basketball and the CBS Sports Classic against Ohio State has been canceled uh, for a reason. You know, Ohio State is having some COVID issues within its program. And uh, they're not even making the trip to Vegas. As of now, and this is a situation still very fluid, As of now, Kentucky still plans to go to Las Vegas. I've seen reports that North Carolina could be an option because the team that they're playing, UCLA, also has some COVID issues. Uh, Sean, is is, is it back? Are we back to doing this like last year?
1: I told someone this morning that I think that uh, this this wave that we're seeing right now, I mean, obviously I think it's going to continue for a bit. You're seeing a lot of teams – Press pause. You're seeing Iona looking for a game. You're seeing UCLAs out with COVID. You're seeing Ohio State's out with COVID. You've been seeing the NBA. I saw the Sacramento Kings a press pause. It feels very, very similar to what it did a year ago. And, and I, I just think that that's just something that we're going to have to deal with. But it's obviously it's something that uh, we've all navigated before.
0: Yeah. So we'll keep you updated on that. Um, we'll do a mailbag tomorrow. So Sean sent out the tweet a few nights ago. I have no idea what the status is on your tweet. You probably already have more questions than what we uh, will have time to answer. But be looking forward to that episode tomorrow. And by that point, we should have more info on on what Kentucky will be doing on Saturday. So let's talk about football now. Kentucky ended – let's say this. They went into signing day as – started yesterday morning when I checked at about 7 a.m. They had the number 12 class nationally, number four class in the SEC. And so many decisions yesterday. I didn't know how that was going to hold up. Well, Kentucky actually went up a spot in the 24-7 sports composite, the number 11 class, and stayed at number four in the SEC. Um, Now, if you go by average star rating, some other things that will change, but just the overall, you know, where the class would be finalized and ranked. uh, And it won't be until February when the other signing period happens. But, Sean, whenever you look at this class, and I previewed it a few days ago, with josh edwards but whenever you look at this job that they have done to be sitting here with the number four class in the sec the only teams they're trailing right now in this cycle is texas a&m georgia and alabama every other team in the sec kentucky currently has a higher ranked class than just i mean what do you what do you make of that
1: i think that we've always thought that could this program do better than what it's been doing like can can they take the next step? We talk about all the time on the field and and recruiting and all these other things. And and a lot of people would have told you, "No, I think this is the best thing, best it could be for Kentucky football." But they're they're going to have to develop talent. They're they're always going to finish with like the ninth or tenth best class in the league, even though it would be ranked in the top thirty. Not this time. This this one's different. This is uh this is territory Kentucky has, and it's I think it just goes to show you that Mark Stoops isn't done climbing the ladder. That if you can get classes like this, and the talent that's in this class—I mean, the the number of four stars, the number of three stars that could develop into four stars—you got you got a five uh, in certain services with the uh, Keontae Goodwin—and and it's just—it's an unbelievable class. It's another step in the right direction. It's good to see coming off another 9 win season that you can put this together, and then you keep stringing that success together, and you know you never know where you can go. And to be in that same conversation and territory is the Georgias, the Alabamas, the a and It just goes to show you just the reason why Mitch Barnhart and this athletic department continues to commit to football.
0: One thing I'm, uh, you know, I processed this yesterday, kind of going up and down this list, looking at some other things. And the big question I had, John, whenever I sat down to write some things, and it's a question that might take, you know, this will not be answered until uh, next season or maybe the season after at the earliest with a class that is ranked higher than any we've seen at UK with the kind of talent that, you know, they have, I mean, there really were very few reaches I would say in this class. And a lot of these kids, uh, I mean, they got Keontae Goodwin, you're battling a Alabama, Michigan state, Barry on Brown, Alabama, uh, Ole Miss, Florida. Tyrese Fearbury, Penn State, Pittsburgh, you get what I'm saying. I mean, these are kids who are coveted by a lot of good schools. I wonder if that shows up when these kids get on campus and it's clear that these players are just more talented than the guys they've been recruiting in recent years. Does that make sense? What I'm trying to say, I'm wondering how many of these guys will – I mean, you never want to play too many freshmen or too many young guys, but if they're just clearly better – so that's kind of the question I have with this group to see if, you know, the recruiting on paper kind of matches up for – when they actually get on the field.
1: Yeah, and you see the – and, you know, you're, you're all the time talking about the attrition that comes with your program after seasons. And you've seen Kentucky have plenty of guys hit the portal and go elsewhere for other opportunities. And to me, that happens in any program, but it happens even more in programs that are full of talent. Because some guys, you, they're recruited and it just doesn't pan out. And Then you're bringing in more talent. You're returning talent. You're going to the transfer portal and getting experienced talent nowadays. Uh, that's a good point that you make. I, I think that there are some guys in this class that you're going to see be able to make an impact right away. They're going to certainly have the opportunity to do that, but it's different than what it was in the past. Like six, seven years ago, it can be a, the, all these guys would probably like move into the the one deep or two deep for sure. Yeah. But nowadays, there's so much talent in this program that it's 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 harder to break into. But you still have those guys that do. You you saw that this year. You. Uh, you had Wallace and some others, you know, get opportunities. We've seen it in recent years with JJ Weber and others. I mean, there, there's going to be guys that get that opportunity early. And that's a good thing for your program when you're bringing in talent. And if that talent's ready to play right away, you play it.
0: Some big picture things. Um, you guys who are loyal listeners of the show, I mean, you know, I, I want to make it clear again, I do not think recruiting rankings are the end all be all, but, uh, You know, to me, there's not really a middle ground. You got some people who think that it's doesn't matter what they're ranked; just get them to campus, and that's the only thing that matters. And yeah, like that's that's true to an extent, but to also ignore, you know, UK this program that you cheer for should be a better example of that than any. I mean, that should be the perfect example when they were signing classes in the '50s and '60s under Joker Phillips, they went two and ten. Whenever they started signing classes in the top thirty, they started going to bowl games every year. You know, it's not a coincidence. I don't think. And I'm not saying that they're going to finish fourth in the SEC or whatever just because they sign this class. you got to develop guys. We've seen that as well. I mean, there's probably – it's every year on signing day. There are kids that we're probably talking about right now who maybe won't live up to that ranking, and there's a a three-star somewhere on this list who will end up having a great career. It's very possible. But I say all that to say this. If you're looking at a rising talent level on this roster, 11 – this is going by the 24-7 Sports Composite. 11 of Kentucky's top 25 all-time signees, which goes back to the 2000 class on here. 11 of the top 25 are from the last three classes. So you are raising, you know, you're not just signing four-star kids. You're signing some of the highest-rated kids in your program's history. None of those guys are going to be, I think, at this point, J.J. No, J.J. Weaver's not even on there, I don't think. Um, yes, yeah, my bad. We're going back to the 20th class year. So 2021 20, 22. So Justin Rogers, you know, that was his class, if, if you you know remember classes better that way. And at that time, that 2020 class was the best class they'd signed. So it, just two cycles later, you've already signed a class better than that. And your hope would be that, you know, next year's class is even better than this. I, I doubt that. To me, there were a lot of advantages that they had in this class. Um, Keontae Goodwin was a guy that they offered in eighth grade, and he turned out to, to be a five-star. I mean, there would have been no way to predict that back then. He really worked hard to get his body in shape. But you have that relationship. You sign him. Dane Key's a four-star kid. He's a legacy recruit from right here in Lexington. That helps. Um, Grant Bingham, four-star in-state kid. And then you have Nick Hall out of Texas, who is another legacy. Um, Jackson Smith was a legacy, which he's the lowest rated guy. He's a specialist. But there were impressive recruiting wins in this class. Barry on Brown, Tyree Fairbury, the Wade Twins, all guys that they didn't really have a ton of ties to before. They just flat-out won the recruitment. So, Moving forward, it'll be curious to see what they do, Sean. But I think that that stat I just said—eleven out of those twenty-five being the highest ranked—I mean, you're seeing what should be a higher caliber of player than what we're used to around here.
1: They're they're stacking talent now, too. Like uh, you know, these classes that are going together, the amount of talent that that's pouring into the program. And I'm just sitting here looking at this chart that UK put up that has all the names, and you can you see guys, and you turn on the tape and. You read the scouting reports, the the evaluations, then not only that, but the programs that wanted these guys that Kentucky got. I mean, you're talking about, you know, Deion Walker and the number of schools and stuff that, that wanted him. And it wasn't just schools. I mean, we're talking elite programs that Kentucky beat out. And then you just look at what all they're doing. Like, wide receiver position. You actually tweeted this. I might have been yesterday uh, talking about wide receivers. And, you know, they, they had guys this year and last year that, you know, or, or that you hoped – would develop into solid wide receivers. But then you go look and they bring in a Barry and Brown. They bring in a Dane Key. They go get a Tavion Robinson from Virginia Tech and, and the guys that they have in the program now. And that position you feel so much better about than what you did, say, 12 to 16 months ago. Like it's just a complete overhaul and just change the, the dynamic of everything they're wanting to do offensively. And then you got all these, I mean, the Wade twins, I mean, the two, two talented pieces there that you're looking at just across the board with this class. You could look up here in two to three years and this class still have the bulk of it together. You know, there's always going to be attrition and people's going to leave or it's not going to work out. And people are going to transfer or something like that. But I could see a lot of this class being key pillars to what they do for the next three to four years.
0: It's a good point because they have 20 signatures right now. And with the transfer portal, you know, most year, I mean, they can sign 32 this year. I don't I don't think that's going to stay the case long-term. Um, so, if it goes back to where it's 25, this might have been the sweet spot right here. You might have been looking at a class, you know, you had 20. And it would probably, you know, fluctuate some years, just depending on your numbers. But 20 high school signees, and then you have two transfers already signed with Tayshawn Manning from Auburn and Tavion Robinson, uh, who you mentioned, from Virginia Tech. So, You know, this year, I think it it came at a good time for Kentucky to have these extra spots because, you know, you're riding this momentum from another good season. Stoops has the contract extension. They're going to be announcing some upgrades, it sounds like. You have more eyeballs probably on the program than, I mean, even even in 2018 whenever they had that season because, you know, it was kind of, you know, well, is this a one-off or or are they going to stay like this? And now, you know, whenever you put together another really good season – plus this recruiting class they have, you know, you got a lot of attention right here, and you can keep kind of bulking up this roster. Um, but, yeah, 20, 20 guys, and only one of these guys was a junior college player, Quan uh, Frazier. So, like you said, a lot of these guys should be around for uh, a few more years. I want to talk about a couple of players I like the most. And, again, I'm no expert. I just I do watch all the huddle tapes, though, and just kind of I followed recruiting long enough that you can kind of – see the schools that offer these kids, see where they're ranked, and, and listen to the coaches talk about them, and you can kind of figure out maybe what the expectations should be. But, I mean, you got to start with Goodwin just because he plays at a, a position that we'll see what Dare Rosenthal decides to do. I think Goodwin and Rolling Early is is big for him. I understand any fan who's hesitant to think about an offensive tackle coming in and starting as a freshman I totally get it I just think having that option available <laughs> is was very important yeah. to to have him uh and then Brown too I mean Bariani he's the kind of guy that you, you'll you see some people say that Alabama stopped recruiting him our our 24-7 people who cover Alabama were adamant that that was not the case that he visited UK and simply liked his opportunity at UK more so that's a kid who's getting recruited by Nick Saban old Lynn Kiffin you watch his offense like this was a huge recruiting win. But the, the the outside linebacker duo they signed, if you're looking for two guys who will probably play next year on pure numbers, it's probably Tyrese Fearbury and Keaton Wade. Because if Jordan Wright doesn't come back, you've already had Katie McDaniel go to the portal. Uh, Marquez Benbury played a little bit outside. Like, J.J. Weaver is about the only option you have over there. And I'm sure they'll add a transfer. But just out of pure numbers, you're probably going to be counting on those two guys to play next year. Is there anyone, Sean, in particular that you're uh, looking forward to seeing?
1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I mean, obviously, I think, I think good ones where, where it starts with me. Uh, a player of that caliber, you know, coming to Kentucky. To, to me, that could be a domino effect. You, you get a guy like that who commits to your program and goes on and has that success. I think it's easier for other guys of that caliber to do the exact same. Uh, obviously, the, the wide receivers, that, that's something that is, I'm very intrigued with because that's a position that Wondell Robinson comes to Kentucky, has a really good year. It's easier to go recruit those guys now, especially when you put quarterback play like you have with Will Levis and what they're doing with Liam Cohen. So I'm, I'm intrigued by those guys and Barry and Brown, Dane Key. How many of those guys can make an impact right away? Uh, Atavion Robinson, interested to see uh, the dynamic of him, not only as a wide receiver, but as a, a return guy as well. Uh, just just the overall class. Uh, you got your legacy guys here in this class. You mentioned Key, uh, Nick Hall, and his connections to the University of Kentucky with his father. I, I just I just think it's a very good class with a lot of intriguing pieces on it. Uh, we, we knew that they needed help in the secondary. We, we know we saw that this year. They, they go out and the one of the first signatures they get on the board is Alex Safari, uh, a guy mm-hmm. that's very talented and stuff. And then on the defensive side, I, I'm just Really intrigued with what they've done. This was a class that was hopped up from the beginning. Back when they had that string of success in the spring with the Wade twins, and then Goodman or Goodwin initially committed to Kentucky, there was a lot of talk. Like, can Kentucky finish with a top fifteen class? Can they push the top ten? And that they were up there at the beginning. And then we all thought, what? Well, you know, once all these other classes and all these other programs start getting their guys, Kentucky's going to settle somewhere, maybe in that ballpark of twenty. No, they they held their ground and they they got they got one of the best classes in the country and the fourth best class in the SEC and it's it's very impressive.
0: Yeah, the eleventh is higher than I thought they'd be right now. Uh, and there, again, there was
1: no way I thought it would get to eleven. <laughs> I, I didn't think it. No, I said yeah. somewhere I, I thought eighteen to twenty three was where I would put it.
0: And it's still hard to pinpoint where they're going to be. I mean, I think Kentucky is definitely going to take more high school kids, but uh, before in February, but also other schools. Are going to be adding guys as well. A um, couple more players I really liked. I mean, you have to mention Deion Walker because you're talking about the teams they were beating out. Well, for Walker, my understanding is you know the other two schools you were really competing against are playing each other in the playoff here in a few weeks. Uh, Georgia and Michigan, and that's a kid from Cast Tech. If you follow high school recruiting, that should be familiar uh, because Kentucky signed two kids there recently. Uh, one kid, I don't honestly, I don't know what his situation is, but Maxwell Harrison was in the 2021 class he was from cast and then in uh, 2018 deandre square who's obviously been starting at kentucky for for three seasons he was uh, another guy actually i have that wrong totally scratch on a max hairston he did not play at a uh, cast tech he played for west bloomfield um so they had one know some maybe overlooking somebody else but square was from there um Michigan had obviously become a big place for Kentucky with Steve Klinkscale. Well, Klingskill goes to Michigan and recruits Walker very hard, but U.K. still wins out, and he's the only kid from Michigan. But this last breakdown uh, – well, actually, I'm mention one more kid I really like, and it's uh, Jacoby Albert, who uh, U.K. announced as uh, Kobe Albert. So, I'm guessing that's why he's going to be going by yeah. for his college career. Uh, but on 24-7, his name's Jacoby. But he's a guy that Stoops legitimately did not seem to – like, I thought he was going to be a safety – pretty pretty clear cut but Stoops legitimately today in his press conference seemed to think there's a chance he could end up a wide receiver so that's something to watch too i mean i think they did a pretty good job addressing the wide receiver spot in this class but if it's clear that he's better there then i, I guess that's where they will play him but the state breakdown is very interesting yeah four from kentucky it might as well be five just because goodwin goes to high school right across the river in indiana but four three from Georgia, three from Ohio, and three from Tennessee. So that's the bulk of your class right there. And then you have one from Alabama, one from Delaware, a uh, good one in Indiana as I mentioned, Michigan, and then one from Mississippi, one from Pennsylvania, and one from Texas. So uh, that is much more of a state breakdown. They, they spread it out more this year. I mean, you get a guy like Nick Hall, legacy, all the way out in Texas, and then also a guy, you know, I don't know the last time they signed a kid from Delaware uh, with Tomi Wa, uh, Deerjai. So, It's been a minute, uh, Durajai, excuse me. It's been a minute since they had gone up there. But overall, closing thoughts. I mean, you could go up and down this list. Uh, Stoop seemed to love Alex Safari, thought he could play any spot in the secondary. You mentioned him earlier. He was a guy that uh, was on flip watch here the last few days, but he was one of the first signees. He
1: he might have been their first signature they they sent out too, might have. I can't Uh, remember. He was was a top five guy. Yeah, he was definitely one of their first. But when you get a class like this, and you know we've talked about it a ton, uh, as a, as at Kentucky, obviously, you you have hopes of getting to the, to that elite level in college football. But we know it takes more than just one or two good seasons. It it takes a long time. And uh, Alabama's obviously in a conversation of its own. Then you got the Ohio States, the the LSU's, and in those programs. But to me, what this does is you're recruiting at this level. Your name is on these pictures. This late in the period, National Signing Day, and you're sitting there in top 10, number 11. I mean, it's it's crazy to think that you're at that point. But what it does is it just elevates the expectations around your program. And it that recent memory to recruiting, these kids that are in hospital now, these kids that are in seventh and eighth grade, they're seeing talented players go to Kentucky. They're seeing them have success at Kentucky. Now getting drafted at Kentucky. All these things elevate your program to another level. As long as Mark Stoops and company are – continue to do this, I think that you just you can't put a ceiling and or put a cap on what Kentucky football can become.
0: If you're looking ahead to 2023, Kentucky has two commitments at this point, both from in state kids, uh Caden Mormon, who's a running back from Franklin County, and then Ty Bryant, another kid from Frederick Douglass. He would be the uh uh third straight class i guess where they'd sign a kid from uh if he ends up signing he'd be the, and he's, he's another legacy guy we mentioned those in this class his dad played at kentucky so originally he was in this 2022 class he took advantage of the covid year um and he's part of the 2023 class so it's about all we got i think sean unless you have anything else to add
1: no that, that's it and another successful day for mark stews so I, I know that uh, today it was very interesting to see him sitting there just killing time, waiting oh until goodness. we could actually, actually talk about Keontae going. But look, when you when you've recruited a kid as long as you have Keontae, and since eighth grade, you know, and Vince Merrill's done a ton of the work, and and I, I get it. Like there's a reason these head coaches and staff members get paid so much. Uh, it's not just a 12 game season; it's a 12 month season because you're you're trying to recruit, you're trying to win football games, you're thinking. 2000 right now this this staff is thinking not only about this season and next they're thinking about 2024 and 25 and putting together classes to prepare you for four years down the road it's it's a stressful job and I know that there were some nerves there had to be some nerves but at the end of the day relationships paid off and and they got the guy that they wanted and then it was pretty cool to sit there though and see him kind of be able to celebrate that and the relief you know, coming out of his voice and stuff like, Hey, we got our guy.
0: No question. You're right. I mean, they, these coaches, particular head coaches and some coordinators now make an obscene amount of money, but it, (laughs) the very best schools though. I mean, it is a 24 seven job. Uh, There's not much work-life balance there. I mean, those guys spend, uh, uh, and you, you can make your own decision you know if you think that they make too much i don't think i'd even argue with you but at the same time like you said it's not just show up on saturdays and you know coach a football game I mean, this is a uh i, I think there's a reason you see a lot of guys who maybe just want to go to the NFL. i mean matt house left kentucky as a uk dc to go be a linebacker's coach in the nfl and i think he did that mainly because of the, the work-life balance you know you have more of a oh, life
1: they <laughs> sacrifice a ton of time with family and yeah and personal life i mean you're you finish a game on Saturday, you're in your office on Sunday, getting ready for the next one. And then when it's recruiting season, you could argue they're even busier during recruiting season. than They are during the regular season.
0: Traveling all over the place. Well, Sean, we'll be back tomorrow with the mailbag episode, talking some UK hoops. Um, as of yeah, now. Hopefully
1: we'll, hopefully we'll know an opponent.
0: Yeah. It sounds they're, like they're as of now. they will. It sounds like UNC is who it's going to be, but that's not confirmed. At least I don't think it is. So, yeah. Uh, we want to thank our sponsor the butchers pub three locations uh london winsburg and pineville we'll get out and see those guys tonight for dinner or tomorrow for lunch go over there hang out on the weekends but until next time which will hopefully be tomorrow um this is derek terry and sean smith's on and off from kentucky daily we'll talk to you soon